0: You're listening to What's Contemporary Now, a show about culture, the people, places, and things that together make it up. After having spent an impressive 13 years of Givenchy during both the reigns of Ricardo Tisci and Claire Keller, Youssef Marquis left his role as communications director of the brand to assume a similar position at Louis Vuitton. This past February, he made another big leap when deciding to launch his namesake communications agency with none other than LVMH as his first and principal client. Marquis will manage both brands and talent across the fashion luxury sectors, and in this episode, we quickly understand why success has been no stranger to our latest
1: guest. This is Youssef Marquis, and we're talking about what's contemporary now.
0: So you have an extensive background in the luxury fashion communication sector that's been made up of brands such as Noval, Givenchy, more recently, Louis Vuitton. Where did this whole relationship with fashion begin in your life?
1: Well, it was very natural to me. You know, it was something I kind of pursued out of passion. Like it never really felt like work until it became work. It was just something that was really, really fun to do. And if you know me, I live and die for fashion. So it was kind of obvious. But then the route of actually going into communication just came about being obsessed a little bit with image making and creating awareness and how do these moments happen. I'm sort of a pop culture monster, so I always wanted to know more about how these amazing moments in time were created and how they were strategized about and how they came to life. So... I kind of naturally went into communications studies here in Paris. And then very early on, I started interning in fashion houses until I met with Albert at Lanvin at a time that was extremely, extremely exciting for the brand. And yeah, I guess it all started there. And do you feel as though
0: you sort of learned something different with each house or is it just a part of the job to understand how you kind of interpret its codes respectively or uniquely?
1: Yeah, no, everything about every experience I've had was different. And it's funny because in the longest one I had, which was at Givenchy that lasted 13 years, I worked with three different designers and it was kind of like reinventing a house and a set of codes and a way to communicate every time. I'd say, Especially in fashion, and my fashion peers will understand this very clearly. There's more to say about what a designer brings to the table in their era at a specific house than just talking about comms and image in a general way for a brand. And often it's how these two elements mix together that create the magic, you know, like how a house. Or a brand has their own set of values and their own identity and their own core messages. And then how the perfect or the not-so-perfect choice of designer comes and clashes with it and or marries it or makes it their own. And that is a lot of the interest I had early on in the brand messaging was making it designer accurate.
0: And... You obviously, having had that school, not just academically, but the time spent with those particular designers you've just mentioned, have now today decided to convert that experience into your own agency named Marquis, which obviously is the talk of the town at the moment.
1: So what led to that decision to make that move? It's pretty big. Well, thank you. You know what? It's been on my mind for a few years. I've had a long experience with our industry and with the comms work in general and leading teams and working on specific projects and just the rhythm of it being very, not repetitive, but almost very timed. Like it's a race after time for every show and every campaign and every event and activation and launch. And so it kind of became something that was growing on me which was like maybe take a step outside of the corporations and I'm just saying a step because as you know I'm still very much linked to the corporations but just a little step out of it to have a broader view on our industry and the way we communicate and the way we give out messages to audiences in this day and age. My experience throughout the houses and throughout the designers that I've worked with I kind of felt like I started to have some sort of signature moves with the cool communications, if I may say, like striking a moment, whether it be a campaign, a show or a carpet moment, creating those instants that cross over into pop culture. That's a personal obsession. And I felt, yeah, it's a bit contrary to the function. You don't want to push yourself forward too much because you're helping a vision come across that comes from a brand and or a designer. But at the same time, I was feeling that I had some sort of vision that was shaping and some sort of voice that was becoming maybe too loud for a single expression. So it was just the instinct to learn how to build around these moments and how to activate everything around them at the same time is what made my own way of communicating. So I thought if you feel like something in your own, you might as well just make it your own. The idea that also compelled me to launch this was project multiplicity in a way, because you get sort of drawn into one single house and one single brand with one single brain in a way. And what I'm loving in this new adventure is just that no day looks like the next. It allows you to be connected to today in a various number of ways. It gives you a variety of projects and clients and keeps you in touch with a very different set of talent from one brand to another. So there's something more lively about it that I feel was very much needed in my scope.
0: Project diversity. Yeah. 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 Yeah, No, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like that's also not necessarily uncommon in, I wouldn't say recent years, but very much a recent period where a lot of people's relationship to traditional business models has shifted and people sort of understand which aspects of their job they love and have made it possible to craft careers where you're just doing those particular things that you feel are quite exciting. And oftentimes that leads to opening your own situation such as you have. And the LVMH connection, you were still linked to LVMH, correct? Yes. And you have a partnership there. So can you tell us a little bit about what that relationship is made up of? How does that sort of come into play here?
1: You know, it's a great relationship. I've been with the group for 15 years, strategic positions, and we had a lot of historical giant comm in that era. And in a way, when I started to bring that to the table, that idea of me starting this structure with them as a main partner, they were immediately responsive because we know what kind of magic we were able to create. So when you have track record, it's, of course, always easier than when you don't, but It just felt natural to me because it's a group that I connect to. It's a group that has world-leading values that go way beyond consumerism and values that actually have high positive impact on our society. And just plainly, what better partner in the luxury world could you have? So I'm very happy with that relationship. And I really wouldn't have imagined striking this deal with anybody else. Of course.
0: Also... Having come from that particular history with LVMH brands and working specifically in-house with each of them, what does that roster of clients look like for Marquee moving forward? Is it on the brand side? Is it made up of individuals? Is it a combination of both?
1: It's a bit of everything as we figure it out. The reality is there's one thing that's major about this partnership is that it makes everything easier when you launch a company, right? I know how lucky I am not to have to worry about the constraints that a young company starting out would have. It allows you to immediately start at the level of the clients and the level that is expected. It provides you security and it also mainly allows for very careful brand and project selection. But mainly what it gives me is a very clear understanding of how my time works. So I have... Half of my agency's time that's dedicated to the LVMH brands, and that be it any kind of brand that my help and work will be needed on throughout all branches. And then half of my agency's time is turned towards outside clients that could be brands from young designers, which is really important to me, to more established brands, but also to actual talents and media properties. So that partnership brings a lot of stability, but it also leaves Time open for me to actually collaborate with the outside world, which is what I really wanted in this new step.
0: You know, you've just mentioned new designers, and that's a very different example of how you would go about doing your job than the way you would perhaps have done it at, say, Louis Vuitton or Givenchy. When you're working with a new designer, how is it that you go about helping them to build or communicate a strong brand identity that ultimately leads to that target audience? Because each of them have a different demo Mm -hmm. potentially. So how is it that you craft that kind of tailor-made offering, I suppose?
1: You know what? I like to think that the main thing that people like me bring to the table is clarity. And we know how it works for young designers when you're on every front and you're working on producing your clothes and trying to put a show together and trying to get media attention and doing all of that at the same time. It can be very, not only daunting, but also very confusing at times about who you are and who you're trying to be because so-and-so have done this and maybe you should do that. And it's hard to be radical in your choices. Uh But what I keep telling each and every one of these young talents that I'm taking on is Differentiation and identity are the main points that will lead to success. And I know it's hard when you're in the early stages and you're trying to make not even a living. You're trying to make something that will allow you to keep going. And sometimes it takes a lot of vision and courage to be like, that's who I am. That's my lane. And the only way I'm going to make it out of this very crowded market is if my identity resonates as mine. That's the main thing we do with the young designers is work on the comms and branding size in terms of how is it you and you only. And it means the visuals. It means the community because the community is the main aspect that we put forward in our agency. It means, of course, the comms strategy in a 360 in terms of what do you do? What are you putting out there in terms of messaging? And in every single thing that you do, do you answer the simple question that is, is it your message and your message only? And often the hard part is figuring out what's my message. In those coffees and discussions, when I've talked with young designers that are seeking our help, sometimes it doesn't go through because at the end of that meeting, we can get to the bottom of what's the message and what makes you different than the person I met yesterday or the person I'll meet tomorrow. And often the people who really have that down, or I'd say the people that will go the
0: furthest. If you think back, and perhaps this is before your time, but I don't think it is, to that period where a brand could essentially purchase fame and market share within the parameters of that bookshelf, where if you existed in the pages of the magazines that held court in that space then you essentially purchased relevance and influence whereas obviously you mention you know a crowded market and that share of voice today is much more complicated because of the media landscape and how much it shifted with digital media and especially stuff like social media which is ever changing and we've seen different brands attempt to sort of make a foray into kind of more whimsical places like TikTok but how do you advise your clients in that space I mean it is ever changing and it's certainly crowded so I'm not sure how you kind of Achieve some of the things that you're talking about in that way without, you know, losing
1: that authenticity along the way. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? I've actually been right in the middle of that. I've known the world before social media. (laughs) I've known the world before our phones were our main work tools. I've done editorial requests by fax and by mailed letters. Oh wow. It sounds crazy, but it was the way the world Works And media were at the center of that equation, being the only outlet between us, the brands back then, and the actual audiences. I'm not going to state the obvious, but with the rise of social media in a general way and digital communications in a general way, we have Kind of changed the math of how the media enters that combination. And I feel like a lot of media outlets have actually made it in that new world by understanding how to use social audiences and how to be a third party of quality for brands that try to reach social audiences. But my point is, it has shifted so much and I've known both worlds and have a foot in both. I'm not going to be one of the people that say, oh, you know, press is totally relevant. I don't believe that. I think there's still a lot of value to some specific people and some specific media attention and some specific operations with a certain amount of title. That is not denying the fact that it has completely shifted, but I still believe there's value in both worlds. But I really, truly, 100% encourage all of my clients to put all of their eggs, if they have to choose within a basket that feels like today. And that basket is called community, as we talked about. And of course, it's called social networking. And you've just mentioned a few, but there are so many possibilities and options available to the brands, almost to a point where they kind of lose themselves sometimes trying to cater to every single network and handle and format. But I feel like when you manage to actually put a point across that is adapted to the audience you're speaking to on the platform you're using, but that still feels like you is when you win in this world. And how do we help these people, these young brands and these more established brands actually make a difference on social media? We look very carefully at what they should say, what they should be saying, and we look very carefully to who they should say it and who should help them say it. And those three elements are what will allow a brand to actually differentiate themselves from the next one. And you know what, what we come in to do, and I'm not going to give you all the keys now or else I wouldn't <laughs> be able to build clients, is what we're able to do is actually say, this is the exact people that we will need to work with for your brand. This is the exact kind of action that we need to put forward on this platform and this platform. And at the same time, we recommend that we go here and we launch this through this channel and etc. And, you know, just have a cohesive view of how messages and products should hit the market because we just spend our time watching and we just spend our time connected with all these talents across all of the social platforms that actually help us push the brand's messages forward. And those connections and that roster of people is, I believe, what is the golden ticket today. It makes a lot of sense. And how is it that you go about
0: addressing... The values that consumers expect from brands today, like sustainable practices, ethical practices, and different things that have demanded more transparency
1: than in times past, is that something that comes into play in your work? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think it comes into play in everybody's work in our industry today. Like it really can't be avoided. And I'm not saying that because that's what you need to say. And it's not only sustainability or ethical practices. It's a whole set of broader values like kindness and respect and diversity and inclusivity in everything we do. And I personally hold that to the higher standard. So It's really part of all of our work. It's in every casting we launch. It's in every campaign we direct. There's just no two ways about it. So if we're not talking about these values in the work we do for you, if we're not addressing them, if we're not at least talking about where you stand and how we can help you progress, if we're not doing it for authenticity and not because social media forces you to, then we're not the right partners, you know? Well, we're talking about digital and social and values and whatnot. But what
0: about something like technology, which is obviously becoming another pillar in conversations around fashion and how they participate, engage, create. What are your thoughts on technology and the fashion sector, be it, I don't know, interactive media or platforms
1: for consumption as
0: far as product? What are your thoughts there?
1: You know what? I think that question is a little tricky because you never want to like run head down towards something without understanding it. Is it. That's not what I do. I try to fully understand what the subject is before advising any of my clients how to go about it. Is it. But at the same time it's this world we live in there's this like race for newness and race for immediacy where it's kind of like technology has become a flag for that. You know what I mean like it's like oh what brand did that first, and who will get to enter this new world first, and how? But then we see all those mistakes happen in front of our eyes. And we've all seen a thousand brands do things in that world and then come back to their previous stance and then be like, oh, you know, at least we tried. Yes, you tried, but for a big brand, it might be okay. For a smaller brand, it's not always okay. So we're trying to actually gauge it with a lot of caution and understand it. And for that, I feel like you need partners. You can't just feel like you know everything. And I feel like what I know, I really know. And that's why I'm consulted about. But when it comes to larger subjects, such as this one, where I feel like every decision is actually a sensitive one, I actually seek out The help and guidance of very specific partners that I have in that field that actually have already a bit of elevation on the subject and have a bit of feedback to give us. And sometimes fashion can be a little closed like that in terms of we do things because they resonate in our world at this point moment, but they've actually been very loud in the outside world for a long time. So it's pivotal to know when to go get the information outside of our sphere, you know?
0: Well, you're bringing up a really good point in terms of skill sets and being well-versed in different spaces. How do you and the team keep up to date with this high volume of changes in terms of cultural trends and shifts and all of the information while you're also servicing clients and clearly busy working? What's the process of intake there?
1: I feel like there's something quite organic about that is that, I mean, right now, my team and I are very much in the middle of a request storm, I'd say, where we receive all this input from a lot of different brands and players and talents and people. And in a way, in everything you address, whether it be something that you're going to do or something that you are not going to do, Uh there's always something that you take away, right? So it's like, I'm meeting with these amazing TikTok talents, which is not something I used to do at the brands before. Just a few years back, you would already be looking down at this kind of talent within the corporations and feel like maybe it's not right enough. Maybe they're not able to convey my message the right way, et cetera, et cetera. And today, because this shift and these platforms have acquired a power on the sacred Jane Z audience, as the brands love to call them, then everybody's storming and rushing to it. But then I was like, we need to understand a bit more what the use is and what their practices are and what their audience is and what the metrics are and all of that. So I've been personally meeting with people that actually through specific projects have fed me a lot of ideas for a bigger established brand, for an LVMH brand. And those kind of like unexpected matches Happen because of the variety of projects. If I'm closing the loop, uh-huh. so I feel like the very essence of that agency. Keeps us on our toes in terms of cultures and trends. Even though trends is a word I dislike, um, I understand the way you're using it, just in the way of the flow our culture is taking and where the wind takes it. In terms of that, it helps us to speak to a thousand different people every day and have a thousand different opportunities to kind of take in their knowledge and apply it from one scenario to another in a different way. Well, because you're constantly
0: engaging the culture and participating in that larger conversation. So I suppose that keeps you very much well-informed a lot of the way, right? Mm -hmm. And do you feel like there's any particular change or shift in that space that's happened that you find particularly exciting or interesting?
1: What's interesting is that I first, I know you shouldn't do that in marketing, obviously, but I love to do that as everyone else is just bring it back to my own use. And because I'm actually one of these people I go after for the brands, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I feel like, would this speak to me? If I saw it on the outside, would I be compelled? Mm -hmm. So when I go into a subject such as very recently, we were deep diving into Instagram shopping. And I thought that was very, very interesting because I never do it. But then the figures I was given are wild and they're actually game changing for certain people. It's funny because you can't follow your own instincts all the time. That's what this new world is showing you is that if I use myself as an example, I wouldn't even scroll through that category of that social platform, you know what I mean? But when you hear other people talk about it and tell you that that's the way they behave, and sometimes the only way they behave, then you're starting to open your mind and you're like, I have to actually find ways to be compelling and impactful down to that feature, you know, so it's leaving no corner unturned and it's thrilling really. Well it's certainly not a dull space,
0: that's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, having this broader conversation about changes and different things happening in the culture and how that applies to the luxury sector that you're working in, even though it's a little bit early to be asking this given that you're at the onset of the company, how do you see Marquee playing a role in the agency space in the next five years?
1: Well you know, there is a lot of agencies. I'm not going to call them competition because they're not their friends. They're people I respect and admire and that have a great way of conducting their own businesses. It's just what we're trying to put forward is a little bit on the side of that, or else I wouldn't have done it just because I feel like there are already a lot of great traditional destinations right now in the market and in Paris what i feel here is we're trying to build a set of services that isn't as traditional and our goal isn't to necessarily carry product or fight for press credits of course we can and we will for the brands that need it but that's not the prime system we're building what we're proposing is kind of a high funnel strategy partnership based on what i believe to be the most relevant talent book on the market to boost the brand's awareness and development, and for it to really be a unique setup, a unique destination that doesn't really exist in Paris today, where community is on the foreground of everything we do. And the idea is for the agency's ecosystem to be self-sufficient. And to have enough talent partners and brands and media partners to give whatever client it is a fully achieved sense and action plan that won't rely on anyone but us. And in that way, it's hard to, I'm drifting away a little bit from your question, but it's hard to predict where it's going because in a way that's the vision and that's the goal of it. But of course, some brands are coming now and are like, yeah, I know you don't want to do this, but we really need you to do this. And because I love the brand and that was this whole point is also working with people I believe in and helping them succeed and flourish. Then I'm fully diving in and we are doing the thing we just said we weren't going to do. So (laughs) I know the reality of a business isn't as clear as the vision you might have for it. But I feel like as long as you keep it inside that vision, what we are is an actual unique celebrity talent and influence ecosystem that doesn't really exist to navigate the fashion world and the luxury worlds today. And anything else that will come additionally to that will be a plus, but it won't be our core motivation.
0: I mean, agility will always be vital, right, for any type of company, especially in an industry like this one. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? Where I feel we can probably make a difference is also by helping these young designers thrive and being a platform of connection between all these great, amazing talents we know around the world and all these brands that are only seeking for connections and these brands that are looking for brand clarity and brand messaging and brand identity consulting. I feel like all of that is something that when it brings the results we look for, will speak for itself in terms of how the agency places itself in the market. It
0: makes perfect sense. And the last and most famous question, of course, what is contemporary (laughs)
1: now? What's contemporary now? I think what's contemporary now is an actual sense of reality and what our world is today. And it's not necessarily a happy world. And it's not necessarily a world that gives perfect representation to everybody. And as a person who has been in those cases myself growing up, I thrive on designers and brands that actually help our society move forward through modern values, through including everyone in the conversation, that be age and social origins and work and shapes and forms and whatever you want to call it. I feel like what's contemporary today is actually shaping brand messages that leave no one behind. And that was improvised. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean it was very
0: articulate and clearly from the heart i think at the end of the day despite the fact that this industry is made to create dreams inspire people and of course service the utility of clothing It's also a place to really shed light on those things and bring an element of humanity because there's such visibility in the media landscape that fashion represents.
1: Absolutely. And you know what, we've talked about the social component of our jobs a lot in this interview and way more than I thought actually, but great because it's an actual pillar of our societies today. And I feel with that comes a lot of responsibilities on the brand. There's a lot of responsibility because the brands have become today's media Mm -hmm. in a way they have their own voice what social media brought is that the audiences are directly connected to the brands and can interact with them in a direct way and so in a way the brands don't rely solely on outside third-party media anymore to shape their messages and do the work for them they have to deliver a message that is already full of responsibility and full of accountability and that's what people like me do in a way is to come in and feel like does this feel real does this speak to your audience as a whole or are you only speaking to this group of people which can be fine but it needs to be specifically addressed that this doesn't speak to everybody you know what i mean that in a way in our modern world has become something that lies on the brand's shoulders is that they have responsibility in the messages they put out i agree Thank you again for taking the time. We know that you were
0: absolutely inundated with the demands of starting a new company and thank you again for taking the time. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor to be in great company and to speak with you and hopefully we get to do a follow-up soon.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of What's Contemporary Now. A special thanks to our show's producer Cheyenne Asadi who makes it all possible. Original theme music by Joseph Top Miller and Chase Coughlin of The Black Soft. And visual design by Aaron Marr and Graham Prentice. Subscribe now to be the first to hear new episodes. And for more content, follow us on Instagram at What's Contemporary or visit us online at whatscontemporary.com.